Metu Netter, Volume 2, Anuk Ausar, The Kemetic Initiation System. Chapter 18 and 19, and that will be the end of Volume 2. The last three stages of initiation, Tehuti, Aursar, and Amen. All of the things that influence our sense of who we are, our way of thinking, feeling, etc., our capacity to do is the strongest. Nothing can shatter our identification with our natal personality as our experience of transcending our limitations through the use of our spiritual powers. It gives substance to the affirmations of our infinite potential and will and to be. This fatal death blow to our persons frees us to manifest our wisdom or infinite potential to know, to experience the true self of man and to completely surrender or hold on living that way that we may experience life, the subjective reality behind all life forms in the world. This monumental task is to be archived through four simple means. The men-ab technique as special breathing technique, living as Ausar, and the appropriate Hekau. The eighth stage of initiation, Tehuti. The objective of this stage is to develop the ability to totally shut down thinking. The manipulation of symbols in order to see directly into the reality of things is based on the fact that the manifestation of thoughts and the sphere of awareness bears a relationship to the degree of relaxation or tension. Were we to sit in meditation in complete disinterest to the thoughts entering our sphere of awareness, at the same time, we are enhancing our degree of relaxation through rhythmic, slow, deep, diaphragmic breathing, all thoughts will eventually disappear from our sphere of awareness. During the moment of total mental vacuity, the spirit of relevant brain structures will be totally free to transfer the knowledge into information. We will return from the meditation state with the answer to whatever questions we had before the meditation. It is an extension of a principle known to psychologists. The more we try to push the brain to remember, to give an answer when a response is not forthcoming, the more tension is generated and the less chance there will be to arrive at an answer. While psychologists say, put the matter out of the mind to create the relaxation needed and the answer might emerge, the spiritual scientific approach is more deliberate and vigorous approach. Of course, it goes several steps further. Not merely are we seeking here to remember information, but seeking to put known factors into form. But we must approach life holistically. We cannot live the greater part of our day, even in sleep, holding on to the following holding on to and following up, emotionally identifying with the thoughts that enter our awareness and expect to sit once in a while when we need an answer 
and be readily able to ignore these thoughts when they surface. This is why Menab is so important. In order to sit in meditation and enter into the state of contemplation, looking into a void sphere of awareness, we must cultivate the ability to ignore emotionally and sensually charged thoughts, even the pain from the injuries, the discomfort from extreme cold or heat or noise or hunger, etc., that we cannot escape. We cannot allow any automatic reaction to things like the sight of a beautiful person, the sound of beautiful music, the odor and the sight of delicious food, and so on. We can put ourselves through a deliberate process of deciding to enjoy ourselves and still experience genuine pleasure. The great difference is that none of these things enjoyed will have the power to control and therefore harm us. We will not suffer the eighth sphere delusion of believing that things are enjoyable in themselves. They are so only because we find them so. How else could one man's cup of tea be another's poison? You will find that as you master this ability, you will find that there is nothing that you cannot make yourself like. By increasing the range of enjoyment, you will enjoy life much more than Shahu men. Review the technique as explained in chapter 14 and volume 1. Meditation Technique for Developing the Wisdom Faculty 1. Go into trance with the Tahuti Hakau Ung Hung Shring while chanting focus the attention on the spot between the eyebrows. 2. Keep the chant going for about 2 hours. 3. After that, focus the attention on the breathing while keeping the inner sight on the spot between the eyebrows Ignore all the thoughts and sense perceptions. In time, all thoughts will vanish and you will slip into the state of contemplation, looking into the sphere of awareness with consciousness of being conscious. You will come out of it with the insight you are searching for. The ritual aids for this stage are lotus oil, sweet almond oil, blue and white clothing, and blue lights. The Ninth Stage of Initiation, Ausar. It is clear that by now what is to be Ausar, all that is needed at this point is to gain a clear understanding of the work at this stage. The Men-Ab way of life begun in the Heru stage must be applied in every situation for life. The contemplative meditation technique explained in the preceding state must be used without the expectation of coming out of it with a message. It will enable you to touch, to feel that part of you which is at the center of your being, directing all aspects of your living machinery, the manifestation of God through your personal vehicle, the Hekau Ung Ausar Hung, which appropriately corresponds to this stage, will now acquire an entirely different character. In your day-to-day -day affairs, the automatic emotional and sensual responses that have hitero come to you will cease to automatically manifest themselves unless you will them too. From now on, they will invoke, be invoked for their true purpose. 
They are the lower vehicles of the powers of the spirit. This freedom from emotional and sensual inclinations, the carrier of the sense of being the person, will enable you to develop your sense of oneness with all. It is thus in Ausar that you will be able to unite all people that may live in harmony and achieve health and prosperity. The perfection of the ability to ignore the emotional and sensual energies in day-to-day situations will spill over to dream state and after-death state. The characteristic fluidity, changeability, and flight of fanciful nature of dreams is powered by our emotions. Once the emotional body is stabilized, so will be our dreams. This too will spill over to the after-death state, to die in complete emotional stability or inner peace as a result, not from some priest's hope that we rest in peace, but the accumulation of spiritual initiation will enable the initiate after death to hold on to his or her divine awareness, which is the fundamental requirement for immortality." the continuity of self-awareness from one incarnation to another. Since our self cannot either be created nor destroyed, it is immortal. But immortality is not experienced until the Ausar stage is completed because we forget from one incarnation to another that we have been alive before and who we are, were, and who we were. Meditation Technique Ausar Meditation Technique for Realizing Ausar 1. Go into trance with the Ausar chant, Ung Ausar Hung. 2. Follow the instructions given for the Tahuti chant. 3. Instead of coming out with insight, you will experience yourself dwelling in all things. They will feel as a part of you as you feel that the parts of your body belong to you. The tenth and final stage of initiation. Amen. The achievements of the Alsar stage will automatically merge into the Amen stage. Once you master the ability to control all emotional and sensual manifestations in your being at will, you will be able to, one, sit in the perfect contemplative meditation and illuminate all thoughts and eliminate all thoughts and self-awareness from your sphere of awareness and experience the consciousness of being conscious, and two, the ability to hold on to your inner peace, perfect in-depth relaxation, in the face of all obstructions, injustices, reversals, and difficulties. The world around you might fall. You might face imminent unjust death and not lose one iota of your inner peace. You are a dweller in the Seket Hetepu, the fields of peace and blessings. This is not a state of oblivion to pain and difficulties or the ultimate escape. It is a reality that cannot be conveyed to the uninitiated. It is the state of being upon which is dependent the manifestation of the greatest powers of the spirit. Ultimately, the inner peace experience at this stage, evolution originates in the realization that the true self is immortal and wields such great power that noting can thwart its designs on earth, even if its body be destroyed.
Amen meditation. The Amen meditation is based on the Dumo breathing technique. One, breathe in, pushing out your lower abdomen for the count of four beats, about a second each in duration. Two, keep your abdomen out and slightly tense as you hold your breath. Three, while you are holding your breath, place your chin in the V area at the bottom of your throat. Four, at the same time, gently contract the perineum. This is the muscle that you contract to stop your urine in midstream. Five, the entire held breath should last 16 counts, each one lasting a second. Six, gently let yet rapidly pull the lower abdomen all the way in. Seven, lift the head to its normal position and breathe. And eight, breathe out slowly for the count of eight even beats, each one lasting a second. At the same time, relax the perineum. The process is to be repeated for two hours. Of course, at first it should be done for no more than 15 minutes and gradually worked up to two hours. The count for the various parts of the breath can also be shortened at first to two for the in-breath, eight for the held breath, and four for the out-breath. At the end of the meditation, sit in contemplation as explained above. During the Dumo breathing and contemplation, all thoughts and sense perceptions must be ignored. At some point, you will achieve the ability to enter into the state of subjective realm, the Sekert Hetepu, in which the only reality is consciousness of being conscious. This is the great and only liberation, and then your life begins. Chapter 19, Concluding Remarks In the preceding pages, you will receive details of a religion that is in harmony with science. Its cosmogony shakes hands with modern physics. Its principles of human nature and development not only eludicates psychology, physiology, psychobiology, sociology, sociobiology, philosophy, governmental science, economics, psychotherapy, education, medicine, spiritual cultivation, and physics, but ties them together through its specialized language. The deity forms of the tree of life are linguistic conventions of the comedic science of life. It enables us to readily see the host of causes of the problems besetting the world that result from the erroneous separation of science from religion and philosophy. It is a religion that is based on the development of man's character, mental faculties, and spiritual powers by giving a clear and accurate picture of the stages of man's growth and showing what he is fitted for and how she he will behave at each stage. It serves as a guide for the correct organization of society and its regulating institutions. It shows the way to the solution of the problems that are destroying the world today. It takes us past the erroneous belief that the causes of our problems reside in our differences, perceptions, and conflicts in wants and leads us to the real 
causes reside in the widespread ignorance of ourselves. We have created institutions to regulate and shape our behavior that have proven to be dismissal failures. No more can you turn out good human beings if you do not know man that can you breed championship thoroughbred horses if you know nothing of horses. Conversely, the massive problems in society is evidence of the ill. Shaping of man's being betrays the ignorance of man on the part of those who have given themselves the role of stewards of the human race in a in a human race. In a way, it is not their fault, for they have no way of knowing that they are attempting to solve a problem with the part of their being which is at the root of the problem. By now, it should be clear that if a psychologist or an educator or a sociologist or a philosopher or a priest does not know, for example, that an emotion cannot be the sign of honesty or love or that man is not an animal or that animals or animating agents exist in minerals, vegetals, animals, and humans, or that the present expression of mankind's behavior is but a mere stage in an ongoing evolutionary process, who said that the evolution of man is a done event? Is a done event. Then there will always be problems in the world. They are trying to solve the problems of mankind like mad scientists who are seeking a solution to the malfunction of computers that came off the assembly line and put to work. Before they were completed worse than that, they are themselves incomplete. Computers caught in in a vicious cycle of attempting to diagnose and solve their own problems and those of others. That is why no one is calling time out on the clear fact that the problems in the world are pointing out the institutions of religion, education, and government, which are shapers of the behavior of people are not working. What is needed in the world is a new model of man and how we should live. Fortunately, as this can only be achieved through the a lengthy process of trial and error we don't have to make up one it has been with us for the past 6000 years at least that we have not been benefited by it bears testimony to the arrogance and racism of western man you judge yourself you have had the opportunity to acquaint yourself with the religious teachings that develop the minds and spirits of the men and women who not only gave the world architecture, pyramids, mathematics, up to and including quadratic equations, medicine, the art of literary composition, philosophy, but a system of spiritual cultivation matched by no other. The new man will be of will be one of old. Like the ancient dweller on the Nile, his or her moral behavior will come not from outside constraints, a model which in time will prove to be totally inapplicable, but from the development of the moral faculty dwelling within. Psychologists, sociologists, priests, 
government officials, and other types of social functionaries in charge of shaping and regulating the conduct of mankind will undergo a developmental process to alleviate their consciousness to the higher parts of their being and develop their higher faculties that they may transcend the impotence, nescence, and egotism that are at the root of all failures of social institutions and the men and women who administer them. The idea that science, the systematic approach, the systematic approach of ascertaining knowledge about something could be dealt with as a mere subject without the investigator first awakening, developing the interrogating all of his or her faculties was totally alien to the cometans. To know truth, you must live it, proclaims one of the chief axioms of Ma'at. Of course, this is not the first time that this has been proposed or thought up. It was the dream of Kung Fu Tees and Lao Tees to organize Chinese society according to Taoist principles. It was the topic of Plato's Republic and St. Augustine's City of God. To a great extent, the Dogon, an African nation in Mali, succeeded in lying, laying it out, laying out their towns and society on the basis of the granary, which symbolized their cosmogony. A study of African societies will show that many of them organized their societies spiritually and materially as best and as much as they could on the basis of their model of their order of the world. It was the same in Kemet. The country was divided in two to reflect the grand duality of all things. So was their courts of law with its two halves of truth. Their entire society as well as their way of life was arranged according to the extent of their understanding of the order of the world. Imperfections and deviations existed, but they resulted from the imperfections in knowledge and the lack of the material capacity to apply the process to every man and woman. It is evident from the light thrown on the various aspects of comedic religion especially concerning the attributes of God. That just about every book on Egyptian culture, history, and religion must be revisited. Their depiction of Kamau as a people who could not think abstractly, whose religion was barbarous, savage, and materialistic, was on one hand the result of the deliberate campaign to discredit an ancient Egyptian so as to make the Greeks and the Jews the founders of the Western civilization. They did this because they could not bear the admission that the foundation of their civilized life was given to them by the same black men and women who they characterized as inferiors in order to soothe their conscience as they were enslaving them. If they were not trying to hide the fact, why is ancient Egyptian culture placed under the Oriental Department of 
muse museums and libraries when Egypt is in Africa and not remotely close to the Orient. It's people. We're black people who in their physical appearance and cultural expression did not resemble the Orientals, but Africans. On the other hand, much of the faculty information was due to the author's inability to comprehend the deep spiritual philosophy they were investigating. It is sheer European arrogance to believe that they could come and pass judgment on the spiritual tradition of other people, especially that of Africa, without experiencing it from the inside. I should be clear from reading the material, it should be clear from reading the material in this book that the first volume, that there is a wide open field waiting to be filled with the first sets of books on ancient Egyptian culture and spirituality. Such books will prove to be the leading vehicles for enlightenment concerning the frontier of the science of the 21st century, man's mind, and the reinvention of civilization. And here ends the reading on page 298 and the end of Metuneter Volume 2, Anuk Ausar, the Kemetic Initiation System.